Welcome to the Mount Olive Baptist Church podcast. I'm Pastor Carl Stokes. We appreciate you being here today with us. Our desire is to preach the Word of God effectively and clearly so that you can understand God's desire for you in your life. Tonight we're going to start a new study on the book of Revelation. And uh, if you want to turn there, it's the very last book of the Bible, so it's not hard to find it. Uh, Go uh, to the end of your Bible and go past maps and you'll find Revelation. Uh, unless you have an index or concordance in your Bible, and then you might have to go past that too. But uh, hopefully everybody understands and knows without a doubt. And, and if you don't learn anything else, it is the book of Revelation, not Revelations. Uh, it is the, re- uh, uh, the best way to, to remember that is to just... Say the first part of the first uh, verse. It's the revelation of Jesus Christ, uh, uh, and it's given by John. So, this is the book of Revelation, and I want to begin uh, by saying that uh, I, I heard uh, on the radio a uh, pastor talking about this at one time and he said there was a survey that was taken not too long before he recorded this uh, service on the, on the radio. He said uh, there was a survey taken of all the books of the Bible. Which book did the most people want to hear taught? And there was another survey that was taken of pastors and they asked the pastor uh, pastors, what book of the Bible do you least like to teach? And unfortunately, they both had the first uh, this book of the Bible as the number one answer to both questions. This is the book most uh, requested by people to hear, uh, discussed and preached and taught. And unfortunately, this is the book of the Bible that many pastors seek to avoid uh, simply because they're afraid to teach it. They're afraid to to look in it. It's not that this book of the Bible is scary. It's not that the things uh, contained in it are uh, going to uh, cause you to have nightmares or anything like that. But uh, it's so hard for so many people to understand. It's so difficult for a lot of people to, to grasp. And I contend that it's not. It's, it's a book of the Bible that people tend to avoid because of the misconceptions about it. Because so many times, uh, so many people have uh, taken so many different approaches to studying it that a lot of times it's, it's difficult for people to understand. So uh, we're going to look at this uh, the book of Revelation and we're going to uh, do our very best to study it, get the most out of it. Uh, I'm not going to stand here and claim that I know everything there is about the book of Revelation. I'm not going to stand here and tell you that what I tell you about the book of Revelation is is <clears throat> uh, the only way for, that people look at it. I, I'm going to tell you the best way that I know how to understand this book of the Bible so that you can be edified by the book, of, uh, this book of the Bible. And it's my belief that uh, I don't know if you've caught on to how I preach. 
I hope you've listened close enough in these two years that I've been here to kind of have an idea of how I go about preaching. I don't uh, preach topically, typically, because of the fact that I think it it uh, it makes light of the Scriptures. I, I tend to like to take Scriptures one at a time and tell you what it says in it, help you to understand what, what uh, God's trying to tell us in it, and then help you apply it to your life. I hope to do the same with this study of the book of Revelation, help you to understand what is the significance of it. So let's begin by looking at uh, the first chapter. And I want to just read through. Now, we're not going to get through the first chapter tonight. We're not going to. And, and let me just say, this is going to take a while to get through. I hope you don't get tired of it or me before we get all the way through. It does have 22 chapters, so it will take us some time, even if we took a chapter a week uh, to go through it. Um, I think there's a lot more in there to go that fa- even that fast. Uh, uh, I wouldn't want to do anything to diminish uh, the power and the impact of God's Word to you. So uh, we may take at times just a few verses or maybe just one verse uh, a week uh, simply because there's so much to understand, there's so much to say, so much to, uh, to discuss. And uh, what I want to do is I want to uh, to share with you what God's laid upon my heart when we do this. And then uh, at the very end, I want to give you an opportunity if you have questions to ask questions. Not that I'll have answers necessarily, but uh, that we can maybe discuss those questions and, and the answers that I feel God leads me to share with you. And, and hopefully... Uh, We'll come to a greater understanding of God's Word together. That's the goal, is to understand God's Word, have it applied to our life, and allow us to grow in Christ uh, through the study of God's Word. So let's just uh, read through the first chapter of uh, uh, the book of Revelation. Chapter 1 says, uh, "...the revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave unto Him, to show unto His servant things..." Uh, which must shortly come to pass. And he sent and uh, signified it by his angel unto his servant John, whom bear record of the word of God and of the testimony of Jesus Christ and of all things that he saw. Blessed is he that uh, readeth and they that hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written therein, for time is at hand." John, to the seven churches which are in Asia, grace be unto you, and peace from him which is, and which was, and which is to come, and from the seven spirits which are before his throne, and from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness unto the first begotten of the dead, and the prince and the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood, and hath made us kings and priests unto God and his Father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Behold, he cometh with clouds, and with uh, every eye shall see him, and they also which uh, pierced him, and all the kindred of the earth shall wail because of him. Even so, amen. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end 
saith the Lord, which is and which was and which is to come, the Almighty. I, John, who also am your brother and companion in tribulation in the kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ, was in the isle of, uh, that is called Patmos for the word of God and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day and heard behind me a great voice as of a trumpet saying, I am the Alpha and Omega, the first and the last. And what thou seest, write in a book and send it unto the seven churches which are in Asia, unto Ephesus, and unto Smyrna, and unto Pergamos, and unto Thyatira, and unto Sardis, and unto Philadelphia, and unto Laodicea. And I turned to see the, uh, the voice that spake with me, and being turned, I saw seven gold candlesticks. And in the midst of the seven gold candlesticks was one like unto the Son of Man, clothed with a garment down to his foot, and girdeth about the paps uh, with a golden girdle. And his head and his hairs were white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were as a flame of fire, and his feet likened to fine brass, as if they burned in a furnace, and his voice as the sound of many waters. And he had in his right hand seven stars, and out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword, and his countenance was as the sun shineth in, the, in his strength. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead, and he laid his right hand upon me, saying unto me, Fear not, I am the first and the last. I am he that liveth, and he uh, and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen." and have the keys of hell and of death. Write the things which thou seest, and the things which are, and the things which shall be hereafter. And the mystery of the seven stars which thou sawest in my right hand, and the seven golden candlesticks, the seven stars of the angels of the seven churches, and the seven candlesticks which thou sawest are the seven churches. So that's the first chapter of the book of Revelation. We're going to stop uh, there after reading that. <clears throat> what I want you to see is the book of Revelation is, is a book that many people avoid because there are a lot of things to be taken in, a lot of things to see. There's, uh, aside from the visions, and uh, this is an apocryphal writing. Okay, This is the only apocryphal writing in all of the New Testament. And apocryphal meaning the things of the last days. The uh, Eschatology is the study of all of, uh, last things. The eschaton is the last days. And uh, the book of Revelation is an apocryphal letter, meaning it is uh, prophetic about things that are coming. Uh, and now... <clears throat> The Old Testament has several books that are uh, apocryphal, uh, prophetic books in the Old Testament. Uh, you see in Ezekiel and Isaiah. Uh, you see in uh, the Psalms as well as uh, a few other books of the, uh, the Old Testament are all uh, prophetic books speaking about things that are coming. Uh, there's many prophetic books in the Old Testament and they primarily deal with the uh, nation of Israel about their own history in terms of the uh, exile and, and the time in which they'll come back to uh, 
the day in which they'll come back to the promised land and reform as a nation and all those things. But uh, there, uh, uh, like for instance, the book of Daniel has a, a great deal of prophecy that deals with end times. And so uh, you have to really understand apocryphal writing in terms of, of the Old Testament in order to understand uh, some of what we're reading uh, in the book of Revelation and what it has to do with the end times. Now, if I was to ask you uh, uh, how you read the old, uh, how you read the book of Revelation, there's a lot of people that see the book of Revelation in a couple of different ways. Uh, they see this. Some people see this as in terms of things that have already occurred by the time that John writes uh, these things down. It, they see it as history, as something that has already occurred in the life of Israel. They see uh, much of the, uh, the things that have happened in terms of Rome and how Rome came in and took over so much of the, uh, the known world at the time. They see Rome as the Antichrist, the uh, uh, coming in and, t- and laying uh, dominion to all that is. Uh, there are others that see uh, this writing in another way, and that is that they see it as uh, things that are to come. Excuse me, of uh, things that are happening right now, that we live during a time in which a lot of these things will happen during our own lifetime, that these are things that are about to happen shortly in terms of our own history and and not in terms of the fact that Jesus might return uh, at any moment, but there are some that that want to believe that we're actually in the midst of the tribulation, that we're in the midst of, uh, that the rapture's already occurred and that we're living during uh, the great tribulation now. Then there are people who see this as uh, having uh, occurred in the future, that this is that these are events that will happen at a later date and at a later time. Uh, then there are those who see uh, the book of Revelation and they see this in a way that is uh, very allegorical. They look at it in terms of uh, thinking of it in ways that are, they see all kinds of stuff hidden in these uh, passages and they want to see it as a mystery, as a puzzle box um, rather than something for us to to read and understand. So uh, there's different ways to look at this. We're going to look at this in terms of what the Bible has to say to us, what it means to us. And basically, I want to approach this in terms of Uh, If we see, for instance, I heard one uh, commentator say, uh, there are some who hear the sound of hoofbeats and they hear a horse. There are others that hear a zebra. We're going to hear a horse. If we hear hoofbeats, we're going to hear a ho- uh, we're going to naturally assume it's a horse. We're going to uh, look at this and we're going to uh, read through this. And if it says there's a locust coming through, it's locust. It's not an Apache helicopter. It's not something from the future. It's not some futuristic thing or something from outer space. We're going to look at it. And if it says locust, it's locust. If if we read it and it says uh, something else, angels or whatever, it's going to be an angel. It's not going to be some uh, 
guy on a jetpack or something like that. Uh, we're going to see it for what it says, and we're going to read it for what it says, and, and we're going to study it uh, as it's presented. Yes, uh, the book of Revelation is a book that John is seeing and he's witnessing and he's writing, and there are a lot of things that John is seeking to try and, and share. And I believe John didn't have the words to describe a lot of what he saw, but I also believe that the Holy Spirit led him in what he wrote. Now, I don't think that John has to understand everything he saw and wrote about that in order for us to receive the book of Revelation as God intended for it to be sent to us. I believe that God has a purpose in us uh, reading and understanding the, the book of Revelation. And there's several different ways that people have looked at the book of Revelation and see it. Some people see it as a warning sign. Some people see it as a book of great mystery that's not meant to be understood. Um, more than anything, I read the book of Revelation and I see this book the Bible as a way in which God is glorifying His Son, Jesus Christ. Throughout the life, the earthly ministry of Jesus Christ, His divinity was shrouded in a cloud. Uh, very much of what Jesus did was seeking to try and demonstrate who He was to the people, and but people weren't able to see Him for who He was. Now on the Mount of Transfiguration, and uh, one or two other times, uh, his divinity was very seen very well, uh, known very well. But uh, he was entirely human at that time. After he died on the cross and rose after that, people were able to see him for who he was. And this book of Revelation is uh, the glorification of Jesus Christ. For who he was, uh, for who he is, excuse me. And so we're going to see the book of Revelation in that way. Uh, we're, uh, we need to understand, though, that there's a lot of things that are uh, explicit in the demonstration of what it is in the book of Revelation. There are things, as I said, that are very clear, cut and dry. But there's other things that we need to understand uh, that are not always seen if you're not looking, for instance, uh, numbers play a great deal in the book of Revelation. Not in, not in, now, you need to understand something. There's a thing called numerology that sees numbers in everything. That is uh, not, of, uh, not something that we're getting into, but there are numbers throughout the book of Revelation and they're significant. For instance, uh, you see uh, the number three very prominent in uh, the book of Revelation. You see uh, the Trinity throughout the book of uh, Revelation. Even in the first, cha uh, first chapter, it speaks of uh, Jesus Christ, of God the Father, uh, and it, it shows very clearly the Trinity, three over and over and over again. Uh, the revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave unto him to show him his servants, things which uh, shortly come to pass, and he sent and signified it by his angel unto his servant John, who bear record of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ and of all the things he saw. 
So we see that there, the Trinity is throughout uh, this. We see the number seven is very significant. Seven, seven candlesticks, seven uh, lampstands. We see the seven stars. Uh, we'll see the seven trumpets, the seven bowls, uh, seven seals. Uh, the seven goes throughout. Seven's important and significant because in Jewish culture, seven is uh, the number of completion, the whole uh, wholeness. Okay, you have the seven churches. Now, uh, this book, the very first part of it is written very much like an epistle and it's written to the seven churches of Asia Uh, it says it right here in the first chapter to the seven churches which are in Asia can't be any more uh, clear can it but if you think about it uh, in terms of the uh, historicity of this you'll realize that there are more than seven churches in Asia at the time that John writes this there's several others that are mentioned in scriptures that are in Asia that are not mentioned in these seven churches. So what does it mean? Well, there's seven churches. Remember, that's a completion. If you plot out where these seven churches are, what do you see? You'll see a circle throughout Asia. So what it means is it's, it's really these seven churches are representative of churches throughout the ages that this... Uh, that this is not meant just for those seven churches. It's meant for all of us. Okay? And it uh, points out specifically uh, certain churches for various reasons, but it's not just for those churches. It's for everyone. So, seven's an important number. The number 12 is very important. Number 12 is also a number of completion and wholeness. You have the 12 disciples. You have the 12 tribes of Israel. You have 12... Uh, significant in a lot of different places. So these numbers uh, will tell us information about what John is uh, seeing and writing about, uh, but also there'll be times where the numbers are more symbolic. For instance, the 144,000 is um, is a number that is 12 times 12 times 1,000, and what the 144,000 is not a, a literal 144,000 people, as the uh, I guess the Jehovah's Witnesses believe that there's only 144,000 people that will go to heaven. Um, but you have to remember something. We live in a day and age where uh, our national de- uh, national budget is in the billions of dollars. This year is, is go- becoming more common for it to be in the trillions of dollars. Trillion was not a number that was conceivable to people at that time. They couldn't con- fathom it. Many of us couldn't even write a trillion if we tried it today. It's, it's a big, big number. In fact, if you were to count, sit down and count uh, one, two, three, it would take you a lifetime to count to a trillion. You realize that? It's, it's just an, an enormous number. But 144,000 is a number that is symbolic of very large, mass number, uh, more than conceivable to people at that time. So it's not that there's only going to be 144,000 people in heaven, but rather a very large number that is uh, difficult to count, hard to imagine. 
So uh, there, are so, there are times when uh, these things are more symbolic than literal, and we'll have to ferret those things out. Um, what else am I leaving out? Uh, we need to... I'll, okay, let's look at how the book of Revelation is laid out. Like I said, the first three chapters is is uh, written like an epistle that's more about the the seven churches in Asia. And those, believe me, will take weeks going through that, that because there's so much information about uh, each of these churches that we need to understand and glean from it in order to understand what's written here. Chapters 4, four and 5 are a view from heaven of the events that are going on. And uh, there's some that have said the book of Revelation is uh, the uh, the story of, of Jesus Christ over and over and over again, told multiple times from different perspectives. Uh, there was a movie that was, uh, I don't know the name of it, but there was a movie that was out uh, some years ago of an event like uh, a political assassination. And, and the movie showed the event like six times from different perspectives. First, it was the event in terms of uh, from the perspective of the audience. And then it was from the perspective of this, the person that was murdered. Then it was from the perspective of the assassin. Then it was from uh, the perspective of uh, people that were... Uh, guarding the person. And each time they retold the story, more information was gleaned and you were able to see more completely what was going on. That's the book of Revelation. It's, it's the, uh, it is the revelation of the glory of Jesus Christ told uh, time and again, and we see it from different perspectives. Verse, uh, chapters 4 and 5 is from the perspective of heaven. The, the chapters 6 and 7 are a different perspective. Uh, and they are... Uh, drawing a blank here. Um, oh, the perspective of the uh, seven seals uh, showing uh, what happens in the seven seals. Chapters 8 and 9 are the bowls, uh, the, the, the scene of the events uh, kind of from the perspective of the angels uh, that are uh, dealing with the, the seven bowls. Then um, chapters 10 and 11 are uh, dealing with the, uh, the perspective of humanity from the Antichrist, the beasts that, that uh, are employed and used. Uh, again, there's the three there. You've got the Antichrist, the beast, and the, uh, the, uh, the dragon. Uh, so you have the, un- you have the Trinity and you have the unholy Trinity. So you have threes there in that situation. And um, you have uh, chapters 12 through 14 uh, that deal with uh, uh, the uh, 
the woman and the child and the pursuit of the child uh, by the uh, the uh, the beast and you have uh, 15 and 16 that deal with uh, the last things and the judgment of God and uh, you have 17 through 22 that deal with uh, the, the view in heaven after all the things that have happened. So uh, we'll see the Bible laid out, uh, the book of Revelation laid out in all these different aspects. We'll see the revelation of Jesus Christ again and again uh, from different perspectives of who, uh, and you know, we have the Gospels that are the account of the life of Jesus when He came to the earth. We have the book of Acts, which is the account of the apostles after Jesus left. The book of Revelation is the account of Jesus when He comes back. Okay, and so uh, that's how you need to understand the book of Revelation as well. It is a book in which we understand uh, what will happen as Jesus returns for His people and about the judgment of God, uh, the purity and the uh, the great uh, love of God demonstrated in Jesus Christ. So all of those things are in this book. And so when you think about all these things, it's not hard to understand. It's not hard to grasp or, or to take in. Uh, some things can be difficult because of the of of the way it's presented. Uh, colors are very important. Uh, you have a lot of different animals that are mentioned in the in the book of Revelation. You have a lot of, of different things that are occurring that can make some people feel as though it's difficult to understand. But when you break it down, when you look at it concisely, when you study it uh, for what it says and what it, it shares, then it's it's much easier to understand, and I, I feel like it is uh, God's uh, revelation to us of who Jesus Christ is as He comes back. So uh, that's where we're going to stop. Just kind of an introductory look at at the Book of Revelation.